Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mystery Podcast. I am here with my grand pledge daughter, Ariana. And what we're going to be talking about today is just her coming out story and just any um, adversities that she has dealt with and any advice she can offer to anyone um, who is part of the LGBTQ community. Hey, Ariana. Hey, girl. Hey, how's it <laughs> Um, see, it's been pretty cool. Um, I feel like I kind of had a good post-grad experience, like coming out of college with, you know, having a job or whatever already lined up. So it's been pretty good. Where are you working at? Um, I work at a medical spa. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Do you like it? I love it. Um, I'm the manager there, so I pretty much take care of all of like the administrative duties that goes on there. So it's pretty cool. I love it, actually. You back home in Chicago? Yeah. Cool. So tell us a little bit about your story as coming out and how that was for you. Well, I was in high school um when I decided to tell my parents but I also feel like they kind of already knew or like had an idea they was more so just like waiting for me to actually say something to them um for me it wasn't really my parents that I was more so worried about it was actually my friends that I felt like Telling them was the hardest part. Why so? I just felt like I didn't know if they would, like, how they would react. Like, I had my friends that were also, like, in the community. Like, those was my go-to people. Of course, they already knew. But my friend, my other friend, like, my other group of friends, I just didn't know how they was going to react. Was they still going to want to be my friend? Like, would they accept me? I literally just didn't know how it was going to go. But luckily for me, I knew my parents. I I felt like they would be upset, but I still knew at the end of the day, they was going to love me and support me no matter what I did. But yeah, it was mostly like friends and I would say family members too that I was more concerned about. And when you came out to your parents, like, can you explain to us, like, how that went about? Okay, so, (laughs) a funny story. So, I actually didn't intend on telling them when it happened, but I was dating somebody at the time, and her mom found out. And then she came to my house and told my mom. So it wasn't like I intended on it happening that way. Um, It just kind of, you know, all my dirty laundry got aired out. (laughs) Um, So after that, you know, I sat down with my mom and we talked about it. And she kind of just reassured me that, you know, she accepted me and she, you know, was still proud of me regardless of how I, you know, who I decided to date. And then I was definitely really scared to tell my dad because I would 100% consider him like 
homophobic. So I felt like his reaction would be, you know, something that was going to be hurtful. And so my mom, she kind of like coached me through it. And she, I guess, I, I guess I want to say that she like forewarned him before I came to him with it. So, yeah. And how was that conversation with your dad? It was terrible. Oh, wow. Terrible. He was upset. Um, He tried to, like, I don't know. I feel like the way he went about it was just crazy. Like, he wanted to offer me, like, money. (laughs) I don't know if he thought that was going to (laughs) change, you know, who I was or how I was. Um... And he would just, I don't know, like, just our whole conversations changed. Like, he just always would point out, like, oh, look at that gay girl. Look at look at them. Ugh, look at this. Look at that. And it was just so negative. I feel like our entire relationship became completely negative. I see. So how is it now? Well, now, I mean, it's been, like, almost eight years um, now since, you know, all of this had happened. And I feel like he's definitely more accepting of people in general. Um, I feel like I was kind of like the the one who made him realize, you know, people are going to be who they're going to be regardless. So... I told him, you know, like, if you're not going to love me for me, if you're not going to support me, if you're going to make me feel uncomfortable, and if you're going to make the people that I decide to date and bring around uncomfortable, then you you got to go because <laughs> yeah. this is who I am. So you either love it or hate it, and you'll be at a distance if you hate it. So I feel like him having to realize, you know, was this worth losing my child Mm -hmm. made him change his outlook and I mean I also have a cousin who's in the LGBT community and like she was not allowed over his house nothing like that Mm -hmm. we have family functions like we all there you know he's just so accepting um I feel like in the bottom of his heart you know he he be making his little small comments like well, I hope I get a grandbaby one day. And, you know, stuff like that. But I definitely just know that he's trying. And he's, you know, working on being better. So, okay, and thank you for that. Um, When you first came to terms with your sexuality what was that like like what type of feelings were you having and then what was that moment where you're just like okay this is you know I really do feel this way did you have a hard time and did you have a hard time accepting that at all well I feel like I kind of had a few different moments um that stuck out to me I would say like my first moment was in third grade Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I tried to kiss this girl who was my friend and she was like, oh, that's gay. And I'm like, 
what what that mean <laughs> and mm-hmm. she is the one who like explained to me what that meant but at the time I still didn't even you know know that it was like quote-unquote wrong or you know I didn't I didn't even really know how to correlate that into my life um and then my second moment was in seventh grade and I had uh, the biggest crush I didn't know anything about this person I just knew they went to my school and they was just so fine and honestly I didn't really know if it was a boy or a girl but regardless I'm like I like them. (laughs) I need to know who this person is. And so for me, that was kind of like my first real like aha moment. Like regardless if this person that I was crushing on was a girl or a boy, I still wanted them to know that I had a crush. (laughs) Um, So... Like, in that moment, it made me kind of reflect. Oh, you ready for me to start? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, for me... That was kind of like, you know, my my real like aha moment, knowing that I was that that there was something different between, you know, me and my friends, because all my friends had boyfriends and, you know, that just was kind of how it was like all girls was dating boys, boys was dating girls. And that's just, you know, all I knew that was, you know, quote unquote, right. And so for me, it was like, dang, is this wrong? Like, how, you know, how are are people going to react? You know, what if this person I'm crushing on, what if they like, girl, are you crazy? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I really just didn't know what to do or how to even go about the way that I was feeling in that moment. And then... Oh, I'm sorry. Did you struggle with it at all? Yeah, I did actually for a while. Um, I kind of just didn't really date at all. Um, And then what I was going to say before that was that then I got to high school and I went to a pretty big high school. And I feel like there it was much more the people were much more diverse so I was able to see like there were gay couples throughout the school so I'm like okay well I ain't never seen this before it was just you know kind of a new thing for me and it made me in a way feel more comfortable to even have the thoughts that I had or the feelings that I had. Um, So that was like the first time that I actually felt like, okay, if I say something, then I will have a community of people that, you know, are also like me as well. And that, I'm glad that you brought that up because 
I wanted to discuss how important have, seeing it and having a community is to like our identity, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I had a discussion with my brother, like, we did a podcast and we were, he was talking about how important it was for him because he grew up, like, me and my brother didn't grow up in the same household. He grew up with my dad, I grew up with my mom. And so, like, he, he grew up, I grew up in the hood, my brother grew up in the suburbs. And so, like, he never felt in tune, like, he knew he was black, but all he seen was white. And so it was important for him to have a community of black people at all times to kind of reaffirm his identity of being black. And so do you feel like that's the same thing with like what you were going through where it's like seeing that community and seeing other people who are doing it, it made it not so not normal anymore, you know? Yeah, um, I definitely would say that was the case um, because you know, at one point I felt abnormal, like everybody is operating a certain way why can't I operate how they are like why do all the girls want a boyfriend like it just did not make sense at all and then to be the the oddball you you don't no nobody wants to be an eyeball especially during that time of life when you going through puberty and you know you in seventh eighth grade people bullying people just for the clothes that they got on so I don't know for me it was just like I did not want to be sticking out like a sore thumb right you know to to finally see a group of people that I could relate to and not that I fit in with it was it was eye-opening like okay I'm I'm not you know an eyeball and it's not like today's time where you know you get on social media and you can you know read about all this stuff like you know back then I was not even allowed on the computer (laughs) I'm um like my space and stuff was out but my mama didn't let me get on those kind of sites so Mm -hmm. You know, I was I didn't even have access to know, you know, what was really going on around the world. Okay. So I remember it was a time, this is when we first met, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but we was at the uh, what's that football? It's like a it's called scrimmage. What is it called? Either way, we was at we was in the uh, bleachers, and then you was telling us about how we were freshmen, and you were telling us about how you, your roommate had to get switched out, and we asked why, and you we were like, "Well, because I'm gay." And so, can you talk to me about that experience? Oh my gosh! Okay, so okay, you know, so at ISU, you don't find out who your roommate is until like I want to say a month or two before it's time to move in. And so I had found out who my roommate was. We had been talking and we had been planning out, okay, I'm gonna bring the refrigerator. She gonna bring the TV, you know, just design on our color so that our room could match. And you know, we was we was gonna do it big. <laughs> uh-huh. So then she found me on Facebook a few weeks later. And I guess, 
um, by her finding me on Facebook, she knew that I was dating um, a girl at the time. And she sent me a long message and she basically said that she cannot room with somebody who is gay and that she feels like it would be uncomfortable and like I would be looking at her. And I mean, her whole message was just completely rude and obnoxious. So she went to the school housing and she told them that she could not be my roommate for those exact reasons. And they actually allowed her to move out. Like, I want to talk about that too, yeah. They allowed her to move out. They put her on a whole... They, she was still in the same building, but they put... I was on like floor number four and they put her on like floor 14 or 15 or something like that. So I did see her around. And of course, you know, I knew what she looked like. And I just feel like it was so awkward like now I'm coming into this whole new environment you know going from a predominantly black school to now attending a PWI and I'm I haven't even made it here yet and it's people judging me already Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that was just it was definitely uncomfortable and I told my mom too and I'm like this is crazy and when I talked to the housing about it they pretty much said that, you know, she had those rights and if she wanted to move out, then she could. But then, you know, when I got a new roommate, my my new roommate, she was also white and she was stealing my stuff and, you know, just being just being really reckless. But they didn't let me move out for that. And like my my belongings were coming up missing. Mm. So they have this girl who claims and says, I can't live with her. She's gay. X, Y, and Z. That's how you identify, right? Are you gay or are you bisexual? Um, okay, so for a long time, I considered myself to be lesbian. But mm-hmm. I feel like over the past, I want to say two years, I realized that I would more so classify myself as pansexual. Mm. Um, Mm. And that's like for those who are listening that probably don't know um, what that is. It's just more so like being attracted to people for who they are and not for like what they may, you know, look like on the outside. Um, So it's not really, I mean, I guess it's similar to bisexual. Like, you know, people kind of like try to classify it as that, but um, yeah, like I don't really care, you know, what you look like or, you know, what genitalia parts you might have. It's more so like how we connect mentally, emotionally, you know, those are the things that really matter to me. Okay. So the school, they honored her request because she says for the chief, I don't know if you said this or not, but like for whatever reason she had, religious, whatever, she, uh, she they allowed her to move out, but then they didn't allow you to move out when you were actually affected by what somebody else was doing. Like she wasn't affected by yes. you know, your sexuality, but you were affected by someone stealing your belongings, right? Wait, hold on, okay. 
I think this is an important piece of the puzzle that I left out. Mm. I have sickle cell. And so with my sickle cell, I am, you know, I have daily medications. I have pain medications, you know, um, if I go into sickle cell crisis and, you know, X, Y, Z. She was still in my pain medication. <laughs> like when I say one time she t- emptied out my whole bottle and replaced them with, um, I want to say it was like Advil or something like, you know, my medicine was white and the whole bottle was filled with blue pills. I called my mom like, mom, I know I'm not crazy, but <laughs> what is this? This, this is not, you know, my regular medication. Mind you, this is something that I have been taking for years you know, I, I I use this, you know, whenever I'm having problems with my sickle cell. So I knew I wasn't crazy, but I also didn't want to believe that somebody was stealing from me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was it was it was definitely very interesting how they went about it. Um they did not ever address the girl about it. They told me if I didn't have evidence that my things were taken by her, that there was nothing they could do about it, essentially. Okay. So that had to be a very hurtful experience. Because you putting the things into perspective is just like, you know, y'all, I mean, I'm not, it wasn't a thing that you just absolutely wanted that girl to be a roommate. It was just the principle of the matter. And so, yeah. how has your sexuality crossed paths with your religious beliefs? Um, in the beginning, I feel like I didn't really think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't, like, raised in a church. Like, we didn't go to church every Sunday, um, go to Bible study on Wednesdays. Like, you know, we didn't we didn't do that. So I didn't really think about it for a while. Like, it was just kind of natural and normal for me. Um, I, and I, would, I actually wouldn't say I didn't think about it at all until the whole situation with my roommate came about. And, you know, that being one of her reasons why she couldn't be my roommate. And uh, another thing along with that, um, I the dorm that I lived in, they had suites. And so the girls who were in the suite next to me, they were all Caucasians. Um, and I did have a girlfriend at the time. So she would often, you know, come to my dorm room and they would leave really nasty messages like on the mirror um mm. they would like if I came in the bathroom or she came in the bathroom, they would like leave out. They would make sure I wasn't there before they got in the shower. It was really bad. Like they were really rude. And um it was just so uncomfortable. So I feel like that was the first time that made me feel like, wow, like, am I is something wrong with me? Like you know why? What? 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 It, what is it? I don't understand. You know why they are acting this way or why they are treating me like this. So I definitely think like my first two years of college, I was really conflicted. Um, I really 
battle with who I was as a person. And it's something that I talk to my mom about often. Like I Ooh. always would tell her, you know, like, well, I don't want to go to hell or mm -hmm. you know, I want people to hate me for who I am. But I feel like she did a really good job with affirming me that, you know, God loves everybody. And the only people that matter are the people who love you also. And, you know, not to let the negative things people say affect you. Because, you know, regardless if it's being gay, if it's being rich, if it's being poor, like, people gonna find something to talk about. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, that that's just my thing that people talk about. It's always gonna be a reason why somebody doesn't like you or, you know, they, they find ways or something wrong about you. It's always something wrong about us to somebody else. So um, she just kind of, you know, helped me to be more confident in myself and, you know, know who I am as a person so that other people could not steer me in other directions or, you know, make me have doubts or question who I am. So I definitely, you know, thank her for doing that for me because I definitely feel like without the affirmations, I I don't really know where I would be right now or what kind of headspace I would even be in. Thank you for sharing. So, <clears throat> so you mentioned a couple times, like, you know, these people were Caucasian. So how do you um how do you feel about like the double minority you being not only black, but you're a black woman. Not only are you a black woman, but you're a black woman in the LGBTQ community. So how does all of that coerce together? Um honestly, this is gonna sound kinda messed up, but I feel like as a black woman who is also in the LGBT community, that is the last part of myself that I reveal to people. Mm -hmm. Simply because of, I don't know, I guess like everything that's going on today, like just having experiences of not being accepted and, you know, being judged by others. It's kind of like, you know, you already can look at me and see, oh, you know, she's black and she's, mm -hmm. but you can't look at me and see that I'm a lesbian. That that's something that you have to get to know me to know. Um, right. As you know, there there are people in the LGBT community who you can look at them and assume that you know they may be a part of this community. Um, whereas for me, it's something that I would have to open up about. So um, I kind of have just, I don't know, not that I'm even ashamed because anybody who knows me knows, you know, who I'm dating or who I'm with or, you know, what I like. Um, but I just feel like as far as I would say environments of like work and things of that nature, it's not something that I just disclose right off the bat. 
it's like your political affiliation almost like you yeah i just feel like you know it's it's not really their business and i also think if it does come out and you know somebody feels some type of way about it or you know have something negative to say now i'm in this hostile work environment because i'm gonna be who i'm gonna be regardless <laughs> you feel what you not liking me <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's between you and yourself um but yeah i just kind of feel like you know people are gonna be who they're gonna be people are gonna judge you know no matter what and it's really just about knowing knowing who you are and being able to stand on that and not letting nothing anybody say deter you or break you down. So there has been like a lot of talk about Dwayne Wade's son. What's your stance on that? Wow. I have actually not ever actually talked to anybody about this. Um, just simply because it's so many viewpoint on it all. And honestly, I feel like people just need to let this little um this little kid be who he wants be be who she wants to be, I'm sorry. Um and I feel like Dwayne Wade or Gabrielle Union have came live and said that she getting hormones, she getting a sex change, nothing. She literally just wants to be referred to as she and wear the clothes that she wants to wear. So let her be comfortable. I mean, there's girls who, you know, people who are biologically female and they refuse to wear dresses. They don't want to wear dresses because they're uncomfortable. Not because, you know, they are even a part of the LGBT community, just because they simply don't like dresses. They don't like heels. So, you know, somebody is, they if they don't like something, just let them not like it. Like, why do we have to be forced to dress a certain way or act a certain way? Because who said that was the way to go? If you feel in your heart, like, you know, you want to wear dresses and skirts and heels, but the next person doesn't, let let them be how they want to be. You know, we all have our own unique styles, but you know, now, you know, because she's a kid, it's a problem. So, I don't know. I just feel like everybody just needs to leave their family alone <laughs> and let them deal with her in the way that they see fit. Because we don't know what go on in their family. All we know is what they tell us. You know, like, we don't know how she may even be affected by, you know, being labeled as a male or being referred to as he. Like, we don't know if she's had suicidal thoughts. We don't know, you know, we don't know how it's affecting her in school, how it's affecting her grades. We literally don't know any of that. So I just feel like it's not enough information to judge because we literally just on the outside looking in. Thank you. And lastly, is there anything, like any advice that you would have for anybody who is struggling with coming out? Um, Accepting themselves, because that's the biggest thing to me. 
Wait, what was the last thing you said? I'm sorry. No, you're good and accepting themselves because that's the biggest thing to me because like when you accept yourself for who you are, nothing else matters. So what do you have to say to anyone who is struggling with that? I would just say that it's hard losing people and it's hard thinking like, dang, this person may not like me anymore because of who I am. However, at the end of the day, if you being who you are is going to make somebody not want to be around you, if it's going to make somebody not love you, not like you as a friend, not like you as a person, then you don't need to be around them anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, why Why are you trying to hold on to somebody who will only like you, will only love you, and will only accept you if you are the person that they want you to be, not the person who you are? So I just feel like, you know, being being confident and, you know, accepting of who you are and not allowing other people and their beliefs and, you know, how they may feel to affect you and the inside. Because it's always going to be it's always going to be people who, you know, think that something is wrong or, you know, what, how you choose to live your life is not the right way to live. But those same people be snoring coke. <laughs> like, you know, you have some nerves to judge me when you a crackhead. So, <laughs> we even in my book. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, I just feel like you know the people the people who are genuinely in your corner and genuinely want to see you thrive and be the best version of, of yourself that you can be they're gonna be there they're gonna love you they're gonna support you they're gonna hold you up and even if it's not family even if it's you know other means of support groups if it's friends if it's you know other people within the community you just have to find those people that are gonna you know give you the love and the support and the motivation that you need um, so, you know, feel supported. And so I just encourage everybody to find their person or find that group, find that community that, you know, can give them the things that they may be looking for. All right. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. I hope everybody. Thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it because this is something that, like, Sexuality has always been around. And to this day, it's still like taboo. Like it's still unnatural. And it's just like, it's getting more and more like, the it's getting more and more accepted now, but there's still that seed planted in people's minds that, mm-hmm. oh, this is what God wants. Oh, this is unnatural type of thing. Like I do see it being talked about more now, but even with the rising uh, I wouldn't even say popularity, but just the rising of people being more ex- accepting of it and accepting of themselves, there still needs to be conversation around why we see this as different or why we see this as something that's bad or anything like that because people literally kill themselves for stuff like this. So thank you so much for doing this podcast. Um and you have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.